Hey everyone, welcome to the second episode of Emitter's podcast around the dental industry. Today we are covering a very interesting topic and that's how you can take your small business, a dental business, and make it successful by running Facebook ads. Are you sick and tired of losing money on ads? What if I told you that, you know, with a few tweaks here and there, you could create your first successful ad just today? With that thought in mind, Today, we have a very interesting guest. We have Vic with us, who's the CEO and founder of Social Gravity. And he's worked with a ton of small businesses, helping them scale simply through Facebook ads. Welcome to the session, Vic. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Great. It's a pleasure to have you. And I'm really thankful for you to take our time to share uh, your learnings. Let's dive right in. Uh, could you tell a little bit, little bit about yourself, your business, and, and what kind of customers have you worked with? Yeah, of course. Um, I've been a content creator since I was in high school, literally uh, doing video and graphic design and all that stuff from a very early age. And it's just carried itself into my adult life. And um, when I really needed to boil down and get focused on what exactly I wanted to do, how I wanted to contribute to the world, uh, helping business owners create freedom just really felt right to me. Uh, and therefore I started social gravity, which is a digital marketing agency right now. It's myself uh, and I have three employees. Uh, we also have some contractors that we work with and we're, we're based out of Canada, right on the border of the States in a, in a city called Sarnia, Ontario. Right. Um, we, we work with uh, a handful of clients and we work pretty intimately with them. We work with some American clients, um, mostly Canadian clients through varying industries, some medical, some automotive, uh, some retail produce. And really it's just boiling down to how can we help the owner of this business create freedom uh, in their business and in their life. So they know that every month, um, Clients are walking through the door. Things are, things are happening. Growth is happening. The world knows that they exist and that, and that they're thriving. Because when you're an owner or you're a dentist and you're operating what you've built, it's, it, it's an entire differently... You have, to, you have to switch your mode, essentially, in order to go into marketing mode and start bringing in clients and start measuring ROI and creating branding material. So working with a company like us creates a lot of freedom in your life and in your business, especially when it's done properly, because you know, and you trust that it's getting done right, because you can re really see the results walking through the door. Absolutely. I, I think, uh, you know, from my little experience in marketing, I'm in complete agreement with your thought process. And, and you shared a very interesting you know, point about your, uh, about your journey. You said you started off very early. Uh, so, so what got you interested uh, into this, you know, creative field? Uh, unlike most of the others who would either become doc become doctors or engineers, what got you thinking that hey, I, this is what I like and this is what I should do? Well, I've always been the type of person that doesn't really. It, it, I'm not affected by what other people are doing. I've always been the type of person that just does my own thing, and um, I, that's just part of my personality. So. I ne it never really bothered me that I wasn't getting into engineering or medicine or anything like that. 
it, it all started really when I was young. And, um, you know, when you're in high school, you play a lot of video games, uh, typically. And I was playing uh, quite a bit of this one video game that was really popular. It was called Halo. And um, what I noticed online in the online community is that people were making these videos with their best gameplay clips. And I got, I, I got really inspired by that type of art form. I wanted to get into it. And I'm like, at this time, I'm like 15 years old, maybe, maybe 14 years old. And I start editing video um, pretty heavily. And in about a year from that point, we were working with uh, companies like SteelSeries, uh, Major League Gaming. Um, and then we ended up working with Red Bull as well, doing gaming materials and marketing materials for their campaigns. And that's really where things just became crystal clear that this was an industry that needed creative and production heavy individuals to be taking control because you can have like a really good idea of what your brand is, but unless you have someone that can translate it into a powerful creative material, it's not going to be worth that much because the world isn't really going to understand your vision as well. Absolutely. You're, you're absolutely correct to say that. And, and, and I've personally faced that challenge as a marketer myself, that it takes a lot to sort of build a brand, uh, to have the right story in place, to tell the right story to customers, to people and to everyone. And that's, that's a really, uh, you know, it, it requires a very different mindset compared. You need to step out of the engineering mindset to think of uh, things from a customer's perspective. Mm-hmm. And and you're absolutely right to say that. So on that note, let's let's uh, sort of uh, jump into the Facebook ads uh, specifics. But before going into the specifics, uh, is there any case that you would want to share with the audience uh, where you had a challenge, uh, you know, convincing your customer or convincing people to run ads? Because we've all been through this, right? Uh, marketing budgets are a challenge always. But uh, people tend to not believe in ads because of their uh, prior bad experience or or they just don't believe in it. Uh, I'm sure you've been through this. Is there any story that you want to share with us? I think, Anmol, the best example is just literally right now. um, What we are going through in the world, what we're seeing is people pulling out of um, spending on ads and just pulling out of marketing in general. and. Uh, surface level that makes sense because you know revenue is restricted because of the virus uh people aren't being able to go places that they usually go the economy is really locked up on the other side of it though what we've seen statistically is a reduction from 50 to 80 percent in ad cost so right now wow if I were to spend a dollar on ads in January, it would actually only cost me about 20 to 30 cents right now um, because of the reduction in competition. Ad, ad costs are so low that right. this, this literally makes the most sense to be running ads because everyone knows the great philosophy of, you know, uh, buy low, sell high. Well, this is one of those opportunities and, um, I talked to my ads manager actually yesterday and what we decided is we are going to make things even more enticing. And I hate to, to do a plug. I apologize, but it, it aligns right with the, the conversation here, but we're basically planning to do 
a ads package that is based around growing your audience because we, we don't see sales, um, chasing a sale right now, making sense for a lot of businesses. But at the same time, this is a time where people are online a ton. Everyone's on their phones, on YouTube, in their house, on Facebook. And um, this is a time where growing your audience is going to be the easiest because the focus is there. The attention is there. So we're going to run right. a, a uh, audience growth plan where it, we're going to be running Facebook ads that are designed to grow one of your, your um, platforms, the platform that you, you value the most, be it email list, you know, um, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube channel. And we're actually going to do that and give the first month of our service absolutely free. And we've actually never done that before, but it's literally because we want to double down on the opportunity that is there for business owners or even dentists who, you know, if you're a dentist, you're, you're most likely a business owner as well because you're running your own practice. Right. And uh, we really want to be there to help get these business owners in the, the, the space of a really good, rare opportunity. And I know that the right business mindset oriented people will want to take that opportunity. So that's basically the, the most challenging position I've ever been in because for the most part, people understand that, you know, if you put the ads in, in, in the right hands and right. you get, get to have the right creative going out, you have a good offer going out, things are going to work pretty well. Uh, but right now is a great, great opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think this is, this is a great opportunity for the audience as well that, uh, uh, you know, even if you're not very sure whether you want to spend money on it or not, I think Wix offering uh, a, a free month and, and maybe you want to try it out and grow, focus on that one goal, whether it's growing your email list uh, or just traffic or whatever it is, maybe it's, it's worth a try. Thanks for highlighting that. Sorry. Yeah, no go. problem. If, uh, if anyone listening is interested, just jump over to socialgravity.co slash audience growth. And uh, we're going to have a, a page set up where you can easily, you know, get on board with us there. So uh, that, thanks for allowing me to plug that. But I, it, it truly is just really to take advantage of this amazing opportunity that we're seeing in the market. No, absolutely. As long as the audience can benefit from this podcast, uh, I'd be more than happy. That's the purpose of this podcast. We're here to help everybody. For sure. Great. So let's jump right into uh, you know specifics of Facebook ads. What are your thoughts about uh, you know what are the kind of things that people should keep in mind? Uh, uh, let's let's break this down into three types of audience. Okay. Uh, let's assume somebody is just starting out. Uh, somebody's already running ads and, and somebody who's looking to scale, maybe we can take one at a time. What would be your, you know, uh, one advice or, or maybe more than one that somebody who's just starting out Facebook ads should always, always keep in mind. So, um, I would say a really big thing that that's going to matter from the beginner all the way to the advance is simplicity. A lot of people with Facebook ads or Google ads, YouTube ads, they jump into it. They want, they, they try to run four different creatives with uh, four different ad sets, three different campaigns all off the start. And you're never going to be able to measure that much data 
unless you have external programs or you really know what you're doing. Right. So what, what I'm going to say is start out with one creative test, maybe two different ad sets on one campaign and just try your best to minimize the amount of variations that you have between testing. They call it a B test for a reason because there's just a, and there's just B there's right. not C D E F G H I J. It's just That's a good. and B. So if you keep your ads pretty simple as in structure, uh, you'll be able to measure your metrics much easier and then make easier decisions to scale and then improve your ads over, over time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think I, I completely agree with you. It's easy to lose focus if you have the budget, but if you keep it simple and, and continue testing, uh, I used to work at a, a company that used to sell AB testing software. So I can, there's not enough that I can emphasize on that, but uh, <laughs> cool. Absolutely agree with you on that. And, and, and what would you tell to, you know, people who, who already have, let's say uh, a decent amount of traffic coming in through ads and now they want to scale it and take it to the next level. Uh, is there anything that you would uh, tell them as a hygiene check, which they should keep in mind? Yeah. Um, what I would do is I would really focus on your user experience. Uh, if you have traffic coming through and what, what's going to matter now is creating a conversion rate that mathematically is profitable at, at about at least 30% profit margin, because when you start scaling ads and now you start pouring money, you need at least 30% of that profit margin because the fluctuations in ad costs, um, the ad costs that you're dishing out gets heavier. So you really want a good cushion when you, when you start to scale to big numbers. However, like user experience is going to matter the most. So there's different things you can put on your website where, you know, like heat map type software where you can see where people are clicking. Um, what I like to do personally is whenever, you know, I make a, a pretty good uh, improvement to my website, I will literally get people to go on my website and I'll stand behind them and I'll say, just use my website. Just do what you would do. Right. I'm not even here. Um, and just look where people go, look at what people just completely missed, overlook, um, look at where people click and where they are, where their attention is going, because that matters the most, right? You want to make it so when they land on your page or they, they land on your offer, they know exactly where to go and you are holding their hand and it's super clear. The clarity really matters when you're getting in the mid range and scaling, like if you got traffic figured out, it's all about clarity, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think the interesting point that you pointed out was that if you already have traffic, try and convert these users as much as possible. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where conversion optimization comes into picture. What you spoke about, uh, the, the interesting part is that the way you currently test your website landing pages, and, and it's, it's really interesting because uh, I was recently reading a Y Combinator case study. Uh, it was by the founder of Weebly. And, and, and they did a very similar thing early on in their days and it worked really well. They got their friends to test it out by using it and, and they were just focused on seeing if their friends are achieving the goal that they have in their mind as a business. Exactly. exactly. Right. So what I would be doing is I would be seeing, you know, are my, are my guinea pigs or my friends, my colleagues, are my guinea pigs are they going to my contact page? Because the whole, my whole website was, is funneled down to my contact page. Like every right. button 
on every, like it's all, you know, book a, book a strategy call, talk with us, all the contacts. So I need to make sure that uh, no matter where they go, they're ending up there and they're not getting bored before that. And they're not, they're not kind of looking up at me like, Oh, I'm done before that they got, they got to be there. But I actually uh, listened to a really interesting interview from um, the CEO of ConvertKit, uh, which is an email marketing software. This was, I think yesterday I listened to it and he said that he actually has a software that is built into ConvertKit when a a specific uh, specific action that they're testing so say like they're testing this new page, this new offer, when someone triggers that action on the website, um, a recording software initiates in the background and actually records the user doing everything from that point on. And they can literally go back and watch the recording of the user navigating. And like I said, you can get similar results with like a heat map, uh, seeing where people's mouses are, clicks are, it's very, very good to see in, in, in broad picture, but when you're, you're getting really specific with user experience, um, having like something like that where you can really see where people are going and how people are using your website is very, very beneficial. Absolutely. Completely agree with you on that, Vic. So, so on that note, uh, you know, we figured out what people should do, uh, you know, before they start running Facebook ads, if they're already running Facebook ads, uh, what are the things that they should be optimizing? Uh, what in your opinion, and based from your experience working with so many clients, uh, are the metrics that people should track with respect to ads? Hmm. Well, it all depends on, you know, what your goal is. So if your goal is to optimize uh, bookings, so you say you have a booking software on your website, or you have a chatbot software on your website, uh, something like Emitter. Um, right. You want to know that the the chatbot is actually converting users. So, really, what she would look at is, you know, how much how 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 many people saw my ad on Facebook versus how many people clicked onto the page versus how many people actually converted uh, and gather your conversion metric there. And really there's, I wouldn't say there's like, I mean, some people would argue that there are like crystal clear standards to those numbers, but it's really all relevant to what you've done in the past because you don't want to be putting yourself in the mindset of like, Oh, Dr. X, Y, and Z has a conversion rate of uh, 15, 20% and our conversion rates only uh, 12%. And getting all kind of bummed out over that because you, if you just focus on what you guys are doing and you optimize your own funnel, you could get to a conversion rate of maybe 30%. Right. Uh, so I would focus more on like what you have done in the past and just optimizing and, and improving on your own work rather right. than basing it off of someone who, you know, their funnel might be three or four years old. They might be using the same funnel from forever and just optimizing it over and over and over. And at that point, you shouldn't even want to really put yourself in the headspace of competing with that because it's, you're, you're only really competing with the visitor when right. the visitor's on your page. Like you're selling yourself to the visitor when the visitor's on your page. So your other competition shouldn't really matter as much as you might think right obviously competition matters but only to a degree when you actually have the customer on your page 
Right. Absolutely. Uh, I think I think that's a very interesting point because uh, uh, what I had read in a book called Jobs to Be Done uh, by Alan Clement, it 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 also says that uh, you know your competition is not necessarily let's say in case of a dentist if you're running an ad your competition is not necessarily another dentist your competition is also all the other distractions that are there on facebook or other channels right. because they are taking away your customers uh, you know mental space and that's your actual competition when you're running ads right a lot of people um like i watch i watch shark tank quite often and uh there's some examples on there. I remember this one example, there was like an ice cream type yogurt type ice cream company. Um, and Mark Cuban said, you know, like you're competing with everybody in that entire section of the grocery store. It's not just about yogurt ice creams that are your competition because this founder was saying, we have no competition. Right. Our, our product is totally unique, but that's the wrong way to look at it because really like what is your product achieving it's, it's, um, it's achieving the fulfillment of a craving and the craving can be acquired from, you know, popsicles. It can be acquired from frozen yogurt or the yogurt ice cream mix, or just ice. Like it can be acquired from, you know, eating a bag of chips in, in the right person's mind or drinking a pop. So you're, you're really competing with the overall destination of the consumer. Obviously in the dental industry, there's really one one destination it's getting the procedure that you need done so it's much uh simpler and you can measure it like that but you're right when when an ad is on the facebook feed in that context you're competing now with you know um the audience's friend group family group other ads running um, facebook marketplace you're competing with you know, other websites, YouTube, Google, you're competing with the entire browser at that point. Um, So it's really in context to where you find yourself. That's where your competition is going to be. And that's why, like I was saying, when, when the user is actually on your landing page, your, your other competition, like your rival dental office, um, you know, they aren't really your competition at that point. What the competition is, is your, uh, audience actually, because you are trying to sell to them and selling is a battle. It's uh, it's someone has to win either the person buys or they don't buy. And that means that either you win or you lose the battle. Absolutely. Completely agree with you there. And, and, you know, since, since you've spoken about selling, uh, you know, one of the, one of the most confusing parts uh, when I speak to people uh, who, who are trying to run ads or who are already running ads uh, that comes to my mind is budget because uh, most people are confused. What should be my budget? How should I increase my budget, etc. So what are your thoughts on that? How should, how should, uh, you know, uh, small businesses, dental practices, or, or anybody who's trying to run Facebook ads go about deciding their budget? Yeah, right. Of course. Like, well, you, you first got to think of what you're, what you're willing to spend. Um, and just kind of throw I, I would say a good starting point for someone who lives in my area. So I don't live in a big city like Toronto. Right. Toronto is the, the, the closest big city to me. Right. If I lived in Toronto, things would be a lot more competitive. I would, I would by default have to probably invest double what I would have to invest here. But in my town, um, for a dentist, I would say about $300 a month is a good starting point to measure what can get done. Because 
you got to understand in your first month to three months is all a learning period. The, right. the Facebook algorithm needs to understand your audience. You need to understand your audience and you need to really dr drill down and get your conversions optimized. So $300 is like a good, a good conservative starting point. If you go and you invest, you know, a thousand dollars your first month, which for some businesses, that's not a ton of ad spend, but let's just, let's just say that it, it is, um, for someone who goes in and invests a thousand dollars a month, uh, right out the gate and you're kind of really still in the learning stage and you know, the first few days, something, some sort of error happens or some sort of thing goes wrong. And this is presuming that you don't have a professional running your ads and you're just kind of doing it yourself, which is totally okay. in, in a lot of scenarios, like the ads manager, you don't have to do any code. You don't, you don't have to, have like any crazy expertise. You could probably get away with watching a couple of YouTube tutorials to really understand the, the basics of it. But say you're run, running your ads by yourself and you throw a thousand dollars at it your first month and it's your learning experience. There's a pretty good chance something is going to happen or go wrong uh, because of the intricacies and you're gonna, you're gonna like lose some money or you're gonna waste money or you're gonna realize that, you know, this, this wasn't proper. My landing page wasn't, set up properly. My ad wasn't optimized. I didn't speak to my audience properly. The best thing to do is to throw a conservative amount at it the first few months and then build up once you really understand where your conversion is coming from and who your audience is. And also, um, once you build up your pixel list and your pixel data, absolutely. I think, uh, I think you, you said, uh, almost, uh, everything which is very, very, uh, I would say, relevant because probably getting started running Facebook ads or Google ads is a very simple thing which you can just watch uh, looking at YouTube ads. But once you get started, there are a lot of intricacies. There are a lot of things and, and details that you need to look at. Uh, simply just the way you said, optimizing your ads, right? And, and talking about optimization, uh, for me, there is... Uh, since I have not run a lot of Facebook ads, I've, I've done a lot of Google ads. One thing that definitely comes to my mind is that, for example, on Google, you can uh, avoid irrelevant traffic by adding negative keywords. Yeah. Right? Uh, you can do keyword targeting. So, mm -hmm. so you know who you're targeting and who you're not targeting. Uh, right. I would love to understand your thoughts about how could you do that on Facebook? Because on Facebook, targeting happens based, based on certain filters. So how do you go about targeting better and how do you go about optimizing your ads. Well, again, it goes back to my very first point when we started talking about Facebook ads is right. at the beginning, just be simple. Um, don't try to overthink too many intricacies or too many variables because that's going to happen over learning the learning period. So like at the very beginning, I would, I would just have a very simple ad set that, you know, it's male and female with a a pretty broad age range with, you know, I would just measure maybe like their family situation for a dentist and then their income situation. If you, if you, if you're in a place where dental insurance doesn't cover you and yeah. I would just look at only like a handful, maybe like two or three different interest variables or lifestyle variables. So like I said, uh, family, income and maybe one interest. I don't even know if I would do an interest for dentists because everyone has teeth. So right. it's not an interest based uh, conversion, right? It's more of like a necessity. Right. 
Um, and I would just run with that and keep it very general. And then as you have the data coming in, then you can start to see, okay, my A versus my B, where my A was a younger demographic and my B was an older demographic that made more money. The older demographic with more money is converting much higher. So let's just remove the A out of the equation and now let's find a way to split up the B into an A and B and maybe we can do men versus women. And then right. once we see who's performing better and, and the, the, the numbers are clear, you know, men are performing 25% less than women, we can remove men out of the equation and now we can be like, okay, how about we focus on uh, now dividing the occupations. So the occupation in one hand could be like a medical occupation and then the other could be in more administrative occupation. And we just keep honing in and focusing on one and removing the other one out of the occasion, an equation in a campaign environment at a campaign level. And that's how I would um, go into the intricacies. I wouldn't just kind of guess. I wouldn't be like, okay, we run a dental practice. So we're going to, I'm going to remove people who, who like Dr. Oz. You know, cool. I'm going to, people who like Dr. Oz, the page aren't going to see my ads. I wouldn't, I wouldn't operate like that until you actually know and you have data to support it because you could be potentially sacrificing business. And in your early stages, you really want to be learning what your ads can do. Right. Right. That's correct. And, and, uh, you know, I, I honestly love the approach where you said that start simple, have an A and B, learn which ones work better, break down the A and B, dive deeper into and it and create another A and B and keep diving deeper and deeper to learn what, what works well. I think that's a very structured approach to sort of uh, uh, making sure that your ads are optimized and, and running to its, uh, you know, best possible condition. And, that, and that's why the simplicity factor, I think it, it really makes a lot of sense uh, because it's, it's crystal clear. Like it, there's not going to be other variables getting in the way and confusing you right. um, of, of, of growing and scaling. Because think about it, like $300 a month with a very general, the first ad set that I, that I proposed, which was men and women, general age group, no occupation versus 300 a month. That's women in administrative um, between the ages of 35 and 65. That's, if that's proven to work, that, that second demographic, if that's the proven one, that $300 is going to go five times as far as the initial ad set that was very general. Absolutely. And, and I, I think I completely agree with you. There's, there's lots that I myself am learning from this. I've, I've never really, really run Facebook ads. So it's exciting for me as well. Uh, and maybe I should try this approach out for, for our own business. And, you know, is there a way that people can find out what your competition is already doing in terms of ads? Uh, just the way you can uh, sort of do that for Google. For example, for Google, you can understand uh, where you're ranking, what your competitors are doing in terms of ads. Is that possible on Facebook as well? So, like, I like to use this little tool um, called... Uh, let me get the exact name here. Facebook pixel helper. Now okay. this is a Chrome extension for Google Chrome web browser, and you can get it basically right on the browser. And that makes it so you can go to anyone's website and it will tell you what 
amount of pixels are being run on that website. And I don't think we covered it in this, in this chat, but um, a Facebook pixel is, uh, just for those who don't know, is a tracking software that attaches to Facebook that makes it so you can retarget to interested audience members. So if I visit a website and there is a Facebook pixel on that website, it will tell Facebook that I have gone there and they can now build audiences based around me and specifically the other people that have also been on that website. So it's very valuable to know what or if, if they are running a pixel and also how many pixels are there. Because if they just have one pixel, I mean, that's pretty good. But if they have also another pixel for their thank you page, now they're actually measuring the conversion rate and you have a better understanding of how detailed and in depth they are in their marketing strategy. Got it. That's, that's interesting. I'd never really, uh, you know, heard of that uh, tool, but maybe we should check it out. And, yeah, it's and, a very good tool. Right. And, and also, are there any other softwares that people use or just the Facebook ads manager is enough for you to get started and scale before uh, you run into, you know, operational pains? There's definitely um, softwares that um, claim, I've never used any, um, that claim to have um, artificial intelligence built in to optimize your your ads and your audiences and all that. Like I said, I've never used any. Um, we just strictly stick to the ads manager on Facebook um, and understand that boosting a post uh, from your organic feed and running an ads through the ads through the ad, ads manager right. is a totally different thing. Um, your the the settings that you have with a boosted post are super minimal. You right. they're you're very very restricted. You can't really see hardly any data. Um, and you can't build out campaigns. It's literally just focused on one creative with one ad set, no testing involved at all. Um, but when you go into your ads manager, you are open to a whole onslaught of controls um, to do so much different testing. Um, and just it's just such a stronger software and they are building uh, better AIs in the background for Facebook to really help the users optimize their money spent. Because at the end of the day, we are paying for a service from Facebook. Right. Running the ads on their platform is a service and they have to compete with Google who's running basically the same service on their platforms. So them having a stronger AI system and, and making it easier for us to run ads is only going to favor uh, them. Absolutely. And, and you know, uh, there is, a, I've spoken to a lot of marketers. Uh, so uh, before we jump into the next question, sorry, uh, the key takeaway from this is that don't just boost your posts, go into the Facebook ad manager and sort of explore all the things out there because they have a lot more capability, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I wouldn't say don't boost your post. I think that's a pretty, a, a blanket statement that, okay. Because, because I've actually in the past, now I'm talking like before I even got into Facebook ads manager, this is about four years ago. Um, right. I actually had a boosted post that went 
somewhat, I wouldn't say viral, but almost viral. Like it had about a hundred thousand views on the video and it was just based on one ad set, one creative. And I just pushed it cause that's all I knew at the time. Um, and it worked really well. So I wouldn't say don't boost a post. If, if, if you have something that's working really well, like say you post a photo of your team, um, in the office and you know, it has like, 50 to a hundred percent more engagement than another post, then I would definitely say put some money into it and boost it because now you, you have a proven piece of creative that organically performed really well, way right. better than your other content. And if you don't know how to use the ads manager, then boosting a post in that scenario makes total sense. I a hundred percent agree with it. But if you are wanting to get more in depth and you're running full ad campaigns, and this isn't just a one-off piece of content that's proven itself, then definitely you want to learn about the ads manager. You want to learn how to create campaigns, create ad sets, run your pixels, optimize, and uh, so on. Got it. And, and you know, I speak to a lot of marketers uh, who, who are running ads, who, who are trying to run ads and things like that. And, and, and I've seen a lot of them come back and say that, you know, Facebook ads work very well, but they work very well for retargeting and not for demand gen. Is that correct? Or, or that could just, uh, you know, depend based on the experience industry. What's your thought on that? Um, I think that like Facebook ads and Google ads, they, they are a little bit different. I've noticed definitely some differences between the, the platforms. But again, at the end of the day, it really depends on how, how much testing you've done, how optimized your ads are. Um, And really like, it depends on the the creative team, the psychology behind it. It really depends on your offer. Like, does your offer matter to your audience? That's a really big factor that we haven't really discussed. Like, are you giving them something or are you allowing them to have an opportunity that is actually worth them leaving Facebook and investing time and or their email address or their money into what you're offering. Because again, it goes back to the competition, right? Like you're competing with the rest of Facebook, the rest of the browser, the rest of the internet. So that time that is allocated to visiting your website and converting, that's an investment on their behalf. Absolutely. So I wouldn't say it's Facebook. It's, it's, it's more the, the, what, what you create with it. Right. And, and I was recently reading uh, you know, you know, a blog on Facebook ads. And, and I think you're absolutely right to say that the offer matters the most because the first point uh, that it was a blog by Neil Patel. Okay. Uh, yep. And the first point was that your offer is going to make or break your ad. What you yeah. have to offer is the most important point. Yeah. We worked yeah. with a client that um, was a, is a grocery store. We still work with them. Right. Uh, luckily because they're an essential, an essential service right now. And it's very good to have them still working with us at this point. Um, right. And when we started working with them, we were driving traffic to their digital flyer, which went out to their email list. And what I said was, I said, we should do a digital coupon and they get 20% off on their first purchase when they sign up for the offer. And we tripled their email list to over 2000 users in about two months uh, with that offer. And then when he said, okay, I don't want this offer anymore. It's a little too aggressive. Um, It worked really well. 
right when we removed the offer, we definitely started to see things slow down. The curve flattened out because the offer now wasn't as strong. Now we're just saying, you know, sign up for the email list because you get the deals every week, which obviously isn't as enticing. It's still working because our ads are very optimized. We've been running ads for them for over a year now. Um, but when we initially got on and we were very aggressive and the offer was just, just who doesn't want 20% off their groceries? Absolutely. Everybody wants that, right? Right. So, so, um, having that offer in place that was just so compelling, what that allowed us to do was three times their email list. And that email list is now sending those people deals every single week. Uh, so Dave probably, I, I can't, I, I could never measure the ROI on that, but I guarantee it was at least five to 10 times what they initially put in just because we grew it to 2000 times every week for a year receiving the emails. Now um, right. it's, it's immeasurable, but it's definitely very powerful. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's the interesting part of ads that if, if they work, you probably spend 500 or a thousand dollars and you're going to make, uh, 10x or 20x or even more. I think sky's the limit. Yeah. And, yeah. and the way you continue keeping those customers, if they're recurring customers, then the ROI of course keeps increasing uh, with time. Right. I think I think there's been a lot to take away from this uh, discussion. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed my uh, conversation. Uh, on that note, the last uh, question before we jump into any final thoughts from your side uh, uh, is that. You know, uh, since we spoke about, uh, since we spoke deeply about Facebook ads, uh, I'm assuming that a lot of uh, the audience after hearing this podcast will either try their hands on Facebook ads or will uh, sort of, uh, you know, go back and look for external help, a consultant, an agency. So what are the kind of things, uh, uh, you know, customers or, or let's say dental, dental practices should ask uh, before evaluating or finalizing their external consultant or external help, what should they do to evaluate that? Yes, this is the best person to work with uh, for Facebook ads. So I would say that if the ads manager doesn't criticize your website, it's a bad sign okay. because your landing page needs to be optimized as well. It needs to be strong, or at least it needs to be pretty good with a good call to action, a good funnel for them to even want to take on the project. If you go to them and your website uh, isn't, isn't that good or it's not optimized to convert, right. it doesn't have like buttons and, and chat bots and, uh, or booking systems or anything like that to convert on the spot. And they're saying, yeah, we'll run your ads hundred percent. I would say that's a bad sign because that really affects their job being successful. So, right. I would just see what they have to say. And if they don't say anything about that, then I would, I would say that's a, a red flag for sure. Okay. Um, another thing, what you could ask for would be uh, some case studies. Um, it's obviously better to work with, especially because I know in the dental industry, there's a lot of dental based agencies, people who are very niche down to dentists. I would, I would try to work with someone that's very, uh, accustomed to the space. Like for us, we don't really have much dental experience. So what I say working with us is the best thing. Uh, I don't, I don't think it would, would necessarily be the best thing. Like we know what we're doing, uh, in a general sense, but for dentists in particular, I mean, there's a lot of, of agencies who could help specifically dentists who I would look at as well. 
Um, and then, uh, you know, getting some case studies is nice. Uh, and also just, you know, talk to the person and if you trust them, because I think that's a really big thing. If you're going to be working with someone, you want to, you want to trust them. You want to, um, believe that they're telling you the truth because literally anybody can just open ad ads manager and start selling you ads. Anybody can do that. Uh, but you want to know that this person is actually trustworthy, that they have a background, that they have some case studies, they have some expertise and that they're actually doing their diligence to make sure that your campaign is going to be uh, effective and not just taking your money and running ads and calling it a day. Absolutely. So yeah, I think, I think those are some great points because uh, speaking to people in the small business, I, I always come across people who are frustrated with their current uh, you know, consultant who's either doing SEO for them or running ads for them. So either one of those. And, and I think these are great points uh, not to land yourself in a situation where instead of growing, you're rather losing a lot of dollars. So great. Uh, I think the discussion has been great so far. Thanks a lot, uh, uh, Victor, for taking our time, uh, you know, for sharing your thoughts. Uh, I think that no is problem. a problem that people can take away. Are there any final thoughts that you would want to share with the, with the audience? Um, really, uh, I think that if, if you're running a business and you're very invested in the operations of your business, it makes total sense to hire an agency to do your marketing. Um, hire someone who generally is very good at what they do and pretty niche down on that specific skill, at least. Um, if you were trying to, you know, connect with me personally, um, in a business sense, I would go over to socialgravity.co, like I said before. And if you want to connect with me on more of a personal sense, uh, I do have a YouTube channel and I post twice a week on YouTube. Uh, digital marketing stuff, personal development, also vlog lifestyle stuff. You can find me on YouTube, Vic Laranja. Uh, you spell my last name, L-A-R-A-N-J-A. -A. You can also just take that name, plug it into Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, and you will find me as well. Um, but I want to thank you for having me, Emil. It was a great opportunity to talk to your audience and just uh, talk about ads and my perspective on it. I love talking about this stuff because any way that I can provide value to, you know, a, a business owner um, or even a dentist that doesn't own a business or their practice, but really wants to improve their practice. It's just a, a blessing to me. And I, I really appreciate you allowing me to come on here and just kind of share my, my perspective. No, absolutely. Thanks a lot for joining Vic. I think, I think there was a lot for me to learn, a lot of new things for me to take away and, and go back and try. And of course, I got to learn about your personal blog as well. So I'm just going to head right over there and, and check it out. Cool, man. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, everybody for joining. And, and we hope you found value in this. Follow Emitter on emitter.com to learn more about how you can improve your dental practice revenues and keep following our blog for more exciting guests that are going to come over. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for listening, guys.